Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And put the two of us together, put us in a room with a $2 Ikea lamp and $3 Ikea table. <laughs> and $1,000 worth of microphones. Yes. That's what matters. And Jerry, and you've got yourself stuff you should have. And a million dollars worth of Jerry. Yeah, she's just like one bucks. day. That's right. You got a good intro for this? No, do you? No. It's Toxicatus. That's what I was thinking. Um, I guess if you'd like me to give an intro, <laughs> it would be something like, Chuck, have you ever experienced summer? I have. In the South? Summer in the South. For me, cicadas, I associate... Cicada? Cicada. Either one. You know what they say, Josh. What? You say cicada. I say cicada. (laughs) I say cicada. Yeah, it is cicada. (laughs) Actually, I have a very quick, funny story. I have a friend named Andrew who had a friend who tried out as a singer for some Broadway show or something, Uh and she did that song, but she did not had never heard the song, I think, and she sang... You say potato, I say potato, <laughs> and didn't know, and that was how she auditioned. Like she just had read it. She, I guess heard so. It. She got it wrong or read it or something, and it was you know potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Wow! And it got a good laugh out of the people. That's a good story. Yeah, I thought so. I've always that's a good one. Well, if Andrew's listening. He's probably not. Hello. Hey, how's it going? All right. So moving on. Sorry. Cicadas. Yeah, cicadas. I think we should agree to say cicadas. Well, it is cicada. Okay. I was just goofing. Oh, okay. Um, and if you're talking about cicada, you have probably a certain type in mind. But there are actually there are a number of species I've seen anywhere between 200 and 2,500, depending on who you ask. <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, the one, though, that, that I think everybody thinks of when they think cicada, especially when they think cicada infestation, yeah, uh, is um, the magic cicada is the species name. Yeah, it's uh, they're periodical cicadas, and that's what we're going to be concentrating on. Right. Because those are the ones that are all over the news. Right. If you're on the eastern seaboard right now, you've been hearing them or hearing about them. Cicada invasion. Cicada invasion. Uh, and, in fact, if you go to uh, Magic Cicada, that's how I say it. I like Magic Cicada. Dot org. There's a, 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 there's a map there that shows you where they are currently hatching. Yeah. They have a lot of great resources on that site. Yeah. People get really excited because it's such a weird, freaky, unique thing. It, yeah, it is. It happens every 13 or, well, that's not true. It happens, you know, more frequently, but each brood will hatch every 17 or 13 years. Right. It happens every year depending on the, the type of brood. Yeah, exactly. Um, brood two this year? Yes. We're right? in brood two. Yeah. And there are two, two types of, um, broods. Or two types of periodic broods. And by the way, periodic broods, the ones that emerge after 13 years or 17 years, are, are native and indigenous only to North America. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So it's like our special thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. So if you're talking about cicada invasion 2013 to a British person, you're going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. But, um, oh, we should say, Chuck, we're going to be a part of this. Oh, yeah. In our own way. Yeah. We're going to be on the TV. For uh, Science Channel's Cicada Invasion 2013 on Sunday, May 26th, right? Yeah, they're doing lots of cool programming, and uh, they have uh, gotten us to provide some uh, little bumpers and moments in between with a, a cool professor that's going to be joining us. 
and uh, with Professor Mike. Yeah, Mike Professor Rupp. Mike Raup. He is the f- uh, foremost, um, utmost, and foremost, right? Uh-huh. Esteemed uh, expert on um, cicadas. Yeah, and he's uh, Maryland Terrapin. Is that right? I believe so. All right, go Terps. So yeah, it's called uh, Cicadas and Invaders 2013. It's on Sunday, May 26th on Science Channel. It goes from 8 to 11 p.m. But we're hosting the 9 to 11 p.m. segment, which includes the um, dramatic climax. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but, so we're going to be there on Science Channel on that day. So go check it out. That's right. So we know a lot about cicadas, and this is why. That's right. So, um, again, you said uh, magic cicada. I like magic cicada <laughs> for that. But um, the 17-year brood species is what's coming out along the eastern seaboard. Um and they're going to be eventually black with orange-veined wings and red eyes. Yeah, generally they have red eyes, although um, you can occasionally spot a very rare blue-eyed or silver-eyed, um, but you cannot get money for those. Did you hear about that rumor? No. In 2004, I think there was a rumor that Johns Hopkins was paying money for blue-eyed cicadas, if you could find them. <laughs> and they were like, no, no. Please stop like, bringing those here. It's neat and it's rare, but we're not offering money up for this. Right. But thank you. We'll take them for free, though, sucker. Yeah. But generally, they're little Steve Buscemi looking red eye things. Right. You know. And, and we should also say, here's what the big deal is. This is why it's called like invaders and the invasion in Cicada Apocalypse. I just made that one up. Yeah. 2013 for yeah. people who don't live here. Um, it, this happens with the brood like every 17 years. And broods are incredibly well synchronized. And there are billions of these things. And because they're synchronized, billions of cicadas are going to all emerge from the ground pretty much at once in an area. Yeah. In fact, um, Professor Raup himself uh, was quoted in a thing I read today. It said, um, there's a boatload. There could be a billion per square mile, dude. Right. Not a billion overall. Right. Like a billion in your... Like you and your neighbors' backyards. Yeah, it, Isn't it's that like, crazy. Yeah, I think it's more like one and a half million per acre at its peak. Oh, really? So you and three other neighbors, you got one and a half million. So Rap was wrong. No, he said it's square mile. Oh, okay, square mile. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not. I don't think he's wrong about anything <laughs> that has to do with cicadas. Um, yeah, we haven't met him yet. We're leaving in a couple of days, actually. No, but we in have, real time. We have high hopes. Yeah, of course. So I guess you want to talk about what these guys look like, guys and gals look like? Yeah. All right. Aside from the orange veins? That's right. Um, they are in the order uh, Hemiptera, which anything that has piercing and sucking mouth parts is in that order. Right. And um, you got a wingspan between two and a half centimeters to 15. And have you seen the big ones, man? They're huge. Yeah. Like palm of your hand big. Yeah. The ones in the tropics are, are up to like six inches long. Their body, not their wingspan. That's crazy. Um, they are bad flyers. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm going to just guess here and say because they're not around long, they don't have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. They're probably kind of heavy. Yeah, you know, but they're not very aerodynamic or heavy for their wings. Yeah, and um, I think you just kicked off point one of what makes cicadas the affable, lovable member of the insect. Goofballs that they yeah. are. <laughs> they have two sets of wings. One, two pairs of wings. Yeah. And they can't fly very well. Yeah. So that's no, that's one. Yeah, they have the outer wings are uh, glassy and transparent and they're longer and they cover the shorter opaque wings. And um, they look formidable when you look at the wings. They're all veiny and like they look sturdy. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're not. 
They're not for the cicadas. Here's the other funny thing. Mm -hmm. They have three pairs of legs, but they're not good jumpers, even though they try to. Yeah, all their legs are about the same length. so They're kind of clumsy. They can't fly very well. They can't jump very well. That's point two. Uh, So they have those big, goofy red eyes, and then they have three- Bug um, eyes is point three. Yeah, compound eyes. Right. And uh, three tiny little eyes in uh, in between on the top of their head called uh, ocelli, and they, of course, watch for the birds- and other predators that lurk above. Right. So they have the really great peripheral vision yep. from the compound eyes on the side and then great, I guess, airborne vision, worm's eye vision. <laughs> That's right. And a couple of little bristle-like antenna behind the, the little um, ocelli, ocelli eyes. Mm-hmm. Ocelli? I guess that would be repetitive to say or redundant to say ocelli eyes because that's what they are, but you know what I'm saying. Then they have those mouth parts that we mentioned, and they are in a sheath a beak-like sheath called uh, labium, mm-hmm. which they kind of just tuck there between their legs unless they need to use it. Which is what they do when they eat. That um, that sheath, the labium, holds four little um, stickers called stylets. They're, they're needle-like, and they jam it into the plant or like the leaf, uh-huh. and they just suck it up like a straw. And yeah. that and reproduction, is that's the point of the cicada's life. Yeah, well, that's what they do. Yeah, reproduction though is really the point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they like to, they like to do it. They're like Rasputin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> boy, people can be like, "That's a random thing to say." <laughs> Weeks later, you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're famous though for uh, not only for their weird 17-year or 13-year emergence, but their loud, loud singing. And before we go on to describe it, we might as well just hear it. Don't you think? Yeah. So a brief little audio uh, bit here from Jerry. This is the cicada singing. Jerry's going to make a cicada call. That was really good, Jerry. Uh, and really good, Mr. Cicada, and I say Mr. because it's only the men that are singing, uh, the males. Why do they sing? Well, two reasons. To attract females to uh-huh. mate and to scare off birds because it is so friggin' loud <laughs> yeah. that it will scare off birds. So um, this it is extraordinarily loud, the cicada call, the male's mating song. Yeah, especially when they get together. And I've seen, yeah, I've seen that. Dr. Mike said that it was recorded at like 94 decibels, which is like a uh, standing next to a lawnmower, basically. But it, this is this is a sound made by an insect, and it's yeah. everywhere. It fills the air for someone who hasn't experienced a, like a chorus of male cicadas all singing together. It's everywhere. It's really loud. And in fact, you said lawnmower. The females can actually be attracted to lawnmowers and weed eaters. Is that right? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, and just to give you... An idea between 80 and 90 decibels is when the threat of hearing loss begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, lawnmowers. And about 120 is a rock concert. About 140 is a jet engine. And yeah. these things are little tiny insects. Right. You remember that. And again, Dr. Mike said uh, 94 was what he'd seen recorded. Yeah. But I, I have also read up to 120 decibels. That's crazy. Yeah, that's really, really loud. Yeah, and apparently it can get so high that humans can't hear them, but if your dog is going berserker, yeah. and you're in like North Carolina or Maryland or something, that might be why. And uh, yeah, smaller species make higher pitched ones, I guess. So how are they doing this? 
Oh, well, um, they have actually, <laughs> a lot of people think that it's a, a chirp, maybe, like a cricket rubs its legs together. You would be wrong. Right. Uh, we should say that cicadas are closer to aphids than crickets, right? Yeah. Um, and they're also not using any vocal cords because they lack those. What they do have are these little membranes on the sides of their abdomens. And these membranes are, they're called timbles. Yeah. And they're connected to, um, well, I guess they're insides. Yeah, they're muscle. By a little muscle, yeah. right? And when the muscle contracts, the timble bends. Like yeah. a crease forms in it. And then when the muscle relaxes, the timbal goes back to taut again. And that makes a clicking sound. And if you do that a bunch of times, what you have is the cicada song. Yeah, and they don't know why it's so loud or how it's so loud. Right. Um, I did read something. I'm not sure if it's verified that there are like uh, pockets in the abdomen that make it louder or something. But mm. still, like such a small insect. Right. I mean, it's like I said, it can be big, but that's still an insect. Right. And the sound, like you said, it messes with birds. Um, It can scare them off. Yeah. But it can also, even the ones that aren't scared off, it prevents birds from hunting in packs because they can't communicate with one another because it's so loud. Right. So it's also a defense mechanism. It's a mating call. And apparently certain species make a certain sound. Yeah. To prevent, I guess, interspecial mixing. Well, they want to be with their own kind, you know? Right, because they don't have too many shots at this. No, they don't. And they're doing all this um, up in the trees, right? Yeah, and it's usually during the heat of the day when the when this uh, music is going on. You say music, I say chainsaw. <laughs> uh, oh, does it bother you? I think it's so soothing. Uh, have you ever been with, yeah. among the invasion? Yes. Yeah, It. It to me, it's not soothing because it's so loud and so continuous that it sort of like drives me mad eventually. It's, it's neat though. Oh, it's cool. Because you know it's going to end and it yeah. crests and it falls and it crests and it falls, yeah. you know? So like you know it's going to end. I just think it's really neat. It is neat. Um, so it is so loud though, they even have a protection, uh, protective measure for themselves. Right. Um, males and females have uh, these mirror like membranes, a pair of them called tympana, mm-hmm. and they're sort of like their ears. And basically, there's a short tendon connected, and when they're shouting out with their call, they will uh, retract the tendon, and it basically just sort of creases and closes their ears so they don't have to hear. Right. It's like shuts it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little they're like one of those mechanical monkeys. function. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So let's talk about the, the mating and the, you know, the egging and the ovipositing. So this is this is like pretty much the whole reason a, a cicada comes to life. This is why they invade, is to mate and reproduce, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, once the males have attracted some females over, like they'll they, they search for one another. They do some terrible jumping and some bad flying, yeah. and hey, mama, they'll finally come up upon one another and yeah. be like, "I like you, I like you," and then they go off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and after they mate, the female um, carves some notches into the stoma of plants. Isn't that crazy? And yeah, and then uses her ovipositor, which is an egg-laying appendage, uh-huh. and um, deposits up to six hundred eggs in one little session. Yeah, and then um, the eggs start to hatch, and they actually fall down out of the tree as larvae. Yeah, these little nymphs. Yeah. Okay, so they're nymphs then. Yeah, and they so they go for, through the larval stage in the tree, and then fall down out as nymphs, and then they burrow. Yeah, they immediately root underground uh, as a protective measure. And then they start growing and repeatedly shedding their skin over 17 years. 17 years. So think about this. A, a, the average cicada lives 
17 years, if it's a periodic 17-year cicada, its yeah. average lifespan is 17 years. Underground. Right. And then two months above ground. Yeah, the most. And then they die. Yeah, like four to six weeks generally. Yeah. So uh. like they spend almost all of their life as young, immature cicadas getting ready to be adults for two months or less so they can reproduce once. Isn't that nuts? It is nuts. It's pretty neat, though. Uh, if you don't have cicadas and you're like, what's going on? It means you probably don't have a lot of deciduous trees where you are. Yeah, they like fruit trees, too. Yeah. Um, so don't get bummed out. Just go visit your neighbor if they have some. You've got any oaks? <laughs> uh, and the question, why are they under there for so long? There are a bunch of theories. I can't wait to talk to Professor Mike, though, in yeah. a couple of days. But the the leading theory I've heard is that it's like an evolutionary rhythm that they develop to not get eaten. And yeah. Avoid predators. Now that is why there are billions of these things in a square mile or two, and it's because they have relatively few predators underground. There's a, a type of fungus yeah. that that can attack them. I saw that, and it can be transferred from generation to generation. There are beetle larvae that will eat them, but for the most part, they're out of the grasp of like their their main predators, like birds or whatever. So they do manage to survive, but then so many of them come up and die like very yeah. quickly that actually something called predator satiation yeah that's it uh, comes about, which means that like the birds just fly off because they're so full they can't eat anymore, and it still doesn't significantly impact the number of cicadas. Yeah, there's still enough afterward to mate and keep the species alive. Right, and produce like, billions. Yeah, like you tired of eating us yet? The right, birds yeah. are like, I'm so full of cicadas. Yeah. You're like, fine, now we'll mate. Yeah, let's get it on. The birds are full. Apparently, a lot of them are born cripple. Yeah, especially thanks to long chemicals. Yeah, and uh, have you ever, there's a time lapse on YouTube of one uh, coming out of its uh, exoskeleton. It's pretty pretty awesome. So, we should say, when they, when they emerge from their burrows, uh-huh. from their chimneys, little mud chimneys, right? Yeah. They're adults, but they're called tenoral adults. Yeah. They're not quite to the adult stage yet. What happens is they have to molt their exoskeleton, yeah. which you'll find like attached to a tree or something like that. Yeah, which are, you know, it's cool and creepy. It's, oh, it's super cool. Yeah. And then once they molt, then that's the last time they're going to. Then they're full-fledged adults. And then they have like four to six weeks. Yeah. Maybe. Like that's if you successfully make it through bird season and get the mate. Right. Like a lot of these guys die like, you know, within days or weeks. And they dig themselves out too with little little shovels on their. Uh, it's almost like shovels on their legs. Yeah, and they just dig up and they're like, "Hey, we're here." Yep, look out for that bird. I'm already dead. Or, <laughs> oh shoot, I'm crippled. Or, man, I can't fly. Seventeen years and I can't fly. Yeah. And here comes a bird. And apparently, one of the one of the things that'll kill a cicada is uh, incomplete molting. Like they'll just get stuck and die. Yeah, that's got to be a bad way to go. Yeah, I guess, I mean, since there's billions of them, there's all manner of, like, awful things that happen right. to most of them. Yeah. So we should say cicadas are known for just huge infestations, invasions, whatever you want to call it, on a 13-year, 17-year cycle. And there's so many of them all at once because there's so many of them, A, yeah. but also because they're, like, in synchronicity. And they think the reason why they all emerge, usually at night, all at once is because they're all following the same cue, and they're pretty sure it has to do with ground temperature. Oh, really? Yeah, they think that um, because so not uh, evolutionary um, rhythm. Well, is that, that another theory? I guess. No, I think it's probably tied together. Right. Like that rhythm is based on the the ch- temperature changes. Oh, okay. And then there would have to be some sort of rhythm because the temperature is going to hit 
I think when the temperature averages starts to average 64 degrees Fahrenheit yeah. at the ground, that's when you're going to start to see cicadas emerging. Yeah. But that's going to happen 17 times or 16 times before that 17th year. So there does have to be some other pattern that they're following so they don't emerge sooner, yeah. right? But Maybe they, it's just one dude they, right. at the front that's like, you know, Ralph. The old like, man. All right, guys. It's been 17 years. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do this thing. Uh, and you mentioned the temperature change, but that, that makes sense because uh, they they hatch, you know, from a southerly, south, southerly to northerly. Northerly or northerly? Uh, so- southerly, northerly. Yeah, let's hear those ends. <laughs> Up the coast. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, like, because, you'll see them in Georgia first, and right. then North Carolina, and then Virginia, and then D.C., and then all the way up uh, the Hudson Valley of New York, apparently. So, if you were in Philadelphia, or D.C., or New York City, even, you might see some cicadas this year. In there's fact, actually, you probably will. Yeah, there's a mathematical formula for predicting when you'll see cicadas in your neck of the woods. So, you go to uh, weatherunderground.com, uh-huh. and you find out, you go on their almanac, and look at April, and you figure out what the um, average... April temperature was in Celsius. Write that down. And then here's the mathematical formula. E, which is the emergence date in May. It's going to be a number. It's close. E equals parentheses 19.65 minus T, which is that average April temperature in Celsius, divided by 0.5136. That number will give you the date that the cicadas are going to emerge around your area. And apparently it's tried and true. Or you can go to magicicada.org and click on the map Yeah, if you're not into math and you like pictures. Or if you like both, do both. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't think I have anything else. I would definitely go look up that time lapse on YouTube. It's pretty cool. I've got more. Uh, All right, let's hear it. Well, you know how I said that they're this kind of the stumbly, bumbly, lovable, affable creatures of the insect world? Yes. So not only can they not fly very well, they can't jump very well. They genuinely lack defenses. Aside from their call, they can't do anything. Well, they don't bite or sting people, even though they look scary. They don't carry disease. They prey on trees only. They're herbivores, if you can call an insect that. But even if a tree um, flags is what it's called, it, it like becomes weakened from too many cicada yeah. feeding on it, trees still bounce back. So they kill Nothing yeah, they're while really, they're alive. Sure, you don't need to be afraid of them. They look intimidating, but if they land on you, like hold them in your hand. Well, even still, even if you hold them in the hand, a, a male will make a defensive buzzing that's kind of scary and yeah. can, can scare you. It's all, it's all show. It's yeah. all talk. They're not going to bite you. They're not going to sting you. Yeah. Um, they're really sweet little little boogers, and I welcome them. That's Yeah. If also you welcome them into your belly or you want to. There's a lot of cicada um, recipes out there. I have a bad feeling we're going to be asked to eat some of this stuff. Is that right? It's possible. I, was... I guess everyone's going to have to tune in on Sunday, May 26th to so. find out. I'm not uh, as adventurous as you are when it comes to eating things. Uh, if if it's baking a cookie, I would try it. I don't think they do that. I think it's more like, you know. No, no. Yumi made uh, cicada cookies and she said, tastes like cookie. Well, but I think the traditional way is to like eat them like you would crickets, like to, oh, to yeah. put them in a pan with some salt. Uh, no, I saw some like serious in-depth recipes. Yeah, I mean, sure, you could grind up cicadas and put them in lasagna or your pizza or whatever. I didn't see ground up. I saw blanched, tenoral adults. Yeah. So you want to get them before like their How exoskeleton they the really 
uh, she said it was fine. But she didn't grind them up? She just put like a whole cicada oh, in the cookie? I don't know how she made them like that. Maybe broke them up. Interesting. Because I didn't get the impression that it was like a... Yeah, she, yeah. She just went, she was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, it was nothing really. So huh. I would imagine that they were broken up in some way. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Or maybe it's like the M&M cookies. You just stick it in the top when it's... Right, I big, saw those too. You know? Yeah. And it's just a little disgusting treat in the middle. So uh, you should probably wait for them to die of natural causes. Maybe an incomplete molt. You grab some yeah. of those and, and bake them. There you go. Or kids, grab grab some exoskeletons because they look neat and they look just like the, like you know, the shell of the cicada. So, yeah. but you know, bring one of those to school and throw it on your friend. Yeah, and if you get into <laughs> this and you find it very thrilling, there's a lot of uh, citizen science projects yeah, around. Yeah, sure. Where um, that that has to do with counting cicadas, measuring cicadas, um, trying to do cicada calls. Yeah, I just made that last one up, but. You could do that if you wanted. There's a culture surrounding this insect. Yeah. It's interesting. So go online and look it up. Uh, if you want to know more about cicadas, first of all, you can watch our uh, special Cicadas and Invaders 2013 on Science Channel on you Sunday. Said cicadas like you're British. Right. <laughs> and Invaders. Yeah. Um, on uh, Sunday, May 26th mm-hmm. from 8 to 11 p.m. And we're going to be on 9 to 11 p.m. on Science. Yep. Uh, and since I just said that, it's time for message break, right? That's right. And then listener mail. Stuff you should know. Uh, and now it's time for listener mail. Yeah, I'm going to call this uh, Truth Serum in Columbia. Remember we did that show on Truth Serum? Yes. All right. This is from uh, Calaroy Zerbos, a listener since 2008. That is a great name. Isn't it? Yeah. Guys, you recently aired a podcast on the existence of a truth serum and mentioned the use of uh, scoplamine. You also referenced the Vice TV article in which they claim drug traffickers uh, use it. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Vice, by the way. Yeah. We're going to be doing some blogging for them soon. Yeah. Good programming. Stay tuned. Um, well, guys, I just want you to know I lived in Columbia for 12 years, loved every minute of it, and have known several people who have been victims of scoplamine attacks. However, it is not drug traffickers who use this, but rather just bands of thieves and criminals. Uh, drug traffickers actually do not need to attack random people to pull income. It's the petty thieves who do. Um, all occurred in the middle of the day in good neighborhoods of Bogota by well-dressed middle-aged attackers. Uh, it's most commonly dusted onto a piece of paper, which is then handed to the victim by the culprit under the guise of asking for directions. Uh, within 10 to 15 minutes, you're out. Wide awake, compliant, and unaware, but unable to remember what happened. Uh, afterwards, you are also quite ill, and more often than not, you end up in the hospital with your stomach pumped. Usually your bank account and valuables are emptied in your apartment. In one case, a friend of mine had his entire apartment emptied of everything. Oh, my God. And he was just sitting there the whole time, basically? I guess so, man. Uh, anyway, it's pretty frightening and at times lethal. Most Colombians, therefore, will not accept anything handed them on the street and in clubs... Well, no one ever puts their drink down, if you know what I mean. Uh, thanks again for the excellent show. And that is, again, Calorie Zervos. And that is frightening. Yeah. I bet when Colombians go to Vegas, they're just, like, overwhelmed. You know? Like, on so every street corner, here. guys are handing, trying to hand them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll you know? bet they freak out. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, tell me the name again. Uh, Calorie Zervos. Thank you very much, Calorie Zervos. Calorie. Calorie Zervos. 
K-A-L-E-R-O-I. That's not calorie, like counting calories. Right. Calorie Zervos. That is a great name. Agreed. Uh, if you want to let us know your name, uh, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. And you can send us a good old-fashioned email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. And then don't forget, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, Netflix streams TV shows and movies directly to your TV, computer, wireless device, or game console. You can get a 30-day free trial membership. Go to www.netflix.com stuff and sign up now.